Has anyone here been to Disney World? Show of hands. Holy crap, everybody just about. Okay, uh, true story. I actually did not want to go uh, to Disney World. Uh, Pastor Vanessa is obsessed with Disney World. I am not until I had a beautiful baby girl like that. Look at that face. Come on. Look at that. Listen, I wasn't going to go to Disney World until uh, last year. We were actually visiting my, my dad and my mom and, and my father-in-law down in Disney. And uh, my father-in-law actually got us tickets because I wasn't about to pay 200 bucks for my daughter to remember nothing because the tickets are expensive. But he got us some tickets and hooked it up. So we actually went. And I, again, hesitant. I was like, man, I don't want to go. It's going to be stinky. It's going to be tons of crowds. It's going to be people all over. It's going to be dirty. I remember I didn't even want to wear my white Converse the first time I went because, or my Vans because I'm like, dude, it's going to get nasty there. Like, I just, I don't want to deal with the crowds, deal with the lines, deal with the dirtiness. I don't want to do it. And to my surprise, as we actually pulled in to Disney on this magical float you know like what is it like a it's not a barge i guess it's just a boat but it was like magical it's a ferry thank you it's it's more than a boat it's a ferry and uh and you go in and you're pulling right up to like the castle like it's right in front of you it's like oh my gosh like this okay it's a little magical you know i'm still a guy you know like i'm here for my daughter um and so we get going and, and we walk inside and i couldn't believe how clean the streets were javen like, they were ridiculously clean. I was like, I can totally wear my brand new white Vans here. I have, I have no problem with that. I couldn't believe how every character stayed in character. Like, that princess right there, Cinderella, my daughter obviously was dressed like Cinderella, and she gave her a spin, like twirled for her, and she had these big Cinderella, like, you know, glass slippers on there, too big for her feet, and she actually fell out of them, and when she fell out of them, the princess was even like, oh, it's okay, darling, let me help you put it back on, and I mean, like, the way she talks, I'm like, you are Cinderella, like, <laughs> she had me, it was amazing. And, uh, and from there, I mean, just everything we saw, like, I mean, the food that they had, uh, all the characters that were always in, 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 in like, in, in character. Like, they just never checked out. It amazed me that this really was a magic kingdom. And thinking on that and on this message of Pioneer, I was thinking, like, man, what is my kingdom? Because Disney has an amazing culture. Disney has an amazing feeling. When you walk in, you really think you're in another world except they have a Starbucks there. Other than that, you're not in America. Other than that, you're not, you're in Disney World. And I was like, man, what is my world? Because I remember when I was in high school, what my world was. My world was very much about me. My world was very much that I had one girlfriend, but she wasn't good enough um, because I really thought this girl since seventh grade was cute, which is now my wife. And so I'd hook up with her, but then I'd hook up with other girls. And I was like, well, I'm just getting mine, you know? Like, I just, like, all of a sudden, girls are attracted to me because I used to be really chubby and lost some weight. So I'm like, I'm going to get with as many girls as I can because this might not last long, you know? Like, that was my mentality. And so I literally did that. And it wasn't just that because my world, it consists of what did Joe want? Well, Joe wants to party. So I would go out and I would smoke weed even though my girlfriend didn't like it. I would get wasted even though the next day I had to work. I was actually a caddy for a short season and my brother was a caddy too and he was amazing compared to me. Uh, I would actually show up at work hung over and while other caddies are out, you know, chasing the ball that the, the golfer just hit, I would actually get on the back of the golf cart and I'd be like, it's over there. Like, <laughs> you drive me. I'm not running anywhere. And because I, it, it was my world. I wanted to make money, I want to drink, 
I wanted to get with girls. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I wanted to smoke weed. I wanted to play the video games I wanted to play. I wanted to sleep in as late I wanted to sleep. Like I was creating my world and I didn't care who I hurt. I was hurting my mom. I was hurting my brother. I was hurting my family. I was hurting my girlfriend. Like it didn't matter to me. It was my world. And obviously I, I gave my life to Christ and, and, and that shifted. My whole world changed. And I wonder tonight if you can relate. What, what world or what kingdom are you building? What does it look like? Because if we're Christians, we're called to build his kingdom. But if you're not a Christian, by all means, you actually can build whatever world you want to build. It can be your magic kingdom. Like, no one's stopping you, right? It's your, it, you live only once, YOLO, do whatever you want. Well, for us Christians, we're called to build his kingdom. But it's so easy to get caught up focused on ours. How many followers I have on Instagram? How many people like my new outfit? How many parties I get invited to? Making sure that I hang out with the right group of people. Making sure all my friends actually like me. Making sure I'm, I'm socially accepted. Making sure I have the right kind of makeup. Making sure I have the right shoes. Making sure I have the right car. Making sure I have the right iPhone, the right Mac, the right video. Like, you know, like, we're just, we're, like, I'm trying to form my world and what I want it to be. It's so easy to get caught up in that. But what do we do as Christians when the world literally is saying, have it your way? Do what you want. Make it whatever you want. But God says no. What do we do? Well, the disciples actually asked something very similar to this. And this is going to be our scripture that we hang on all month. The disciples, Jesus' best friends, the ones he was mentoring and pouring into, they said, hey, there's a guy named John the Baptist, and he's teaching his disciples how to pray. Like, why don't you teach us? And he said, okay, this is what you do. You say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And just to let you guys know, this isn't a prayer that you actually recite. It's an outline how we should talk to God. Right there, he was teaching them. He said, listen, you don't talk to God saying, oh, almighty God of the universe that I can never see. He says, you go to him like daddy. Because the word Father, actually, it's actually a, a, a miss. I wouldn't say... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Not translation, yeah. Because Jesus actually used the word Abba. Say Abba. Now that actually means daddy. Because don't we talk to our dads? We don't say father, you know. Gwen, my daughter, does not say father. Can I have one of your drinks? That sounds weird. It's LaCroix. <laughs> it's not something else. <laughs> she says daddy. It's intimate. And Jesus is saying, this is what you do. You go to him and you say, Daddy, you are so worthy to be praised. I'm so glad that we have a close relationship. And this next part, he says, you say this. You say, your kingdom come. Your will be done. As a pastor, can I just tell you, I do not remember the last time I prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done. I do not remember the last time I actually prayed that because oftentimes, if we can just be honest with each other, we're praying to God, God, this is what I want, right? Like, God, bless my family, bless my girlfriend, bless my, my, my boyfriend, bless my, my children, bless my husband, bless my wife, bless, like, God, uh, be with these people, be with this. You know, like, it's kind of like that. Instead of actually saying, Daddy, I want to serve you and do whatever you want, help me get your kingdom here. That your kingdom come in your will be done. I wonder what that would look like if you and I, Kyle, started praying that every morning. What could just you and I do? 
if we got serious and as we're rolling out of bed, even when we don't want to get out of bed, we say, God, your kingdom come this morning. Your will be done. Not what I want, but what you want. What would it begin to look like? Can you just imagine for a moment if you and I began to try to build his kingdom instead of our own? If we weren't so obsessed with our, or the, the amount of yardages we get when we're playing football, the amount of touchdowns, the amount of likes we get on a picture that, listen, isn't it crazy? I, 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 I mess with our creative team. Like, they're fantastic. They do a lot. But I'm like, man, we spend, we spend a lot of time editing photos that we're going to put on Instagram and someone's going to go like this, boop, like, and never look at it again. But we're trying to get those likes. What would happen if we didn't worry so much about ourselves and we worried more about his kingdom? That is not a photo that just disappears, but it's everlasting. What would that look like for you and I? Because really the kingdom of God, what it is, is it's getting his culture here. Because when I was in Disney, it was Disney's culture. The way that the, the cast members acted, the cleanliness of the streets, the food, it was, it was their culture. And uh, not too long ago, Chrissy and I, we actually went to New York City. And uh, that was us. Well, that's not us. That's my girls. That's Gwen is the big one. Vivi is the small one. And Chrissy is the hot one. But we were in New York City and we were on our way to this place right here where it's actually an abandoned railroad track that was just up uh, above the streets. And it was cool because there they actually put like gardens and walkways. I mean, this was abandoned. It was nasty. You can look at pictures online. It's crazy. And now it's right next to the Hudson River. And it's just beautiful to walk on. They got like all that is wet on purpose. It's actually like a little splash pad right there. And so it was just really cool to go and visit that. But on the way there, because I mean, we're in New York City. I didn't know where we were going. So we're, you know, following Google Maps. And so I'm looking at my map trying to figure out where to go. And on the way there, um, Chrissy's like, man, there's a lot of Asian people around. I look up. I'm like, Yes, there are. I was like, she's like, I wonder if we're in Chinatown. I looked up a little higher. I was like, yes, we are. Look at, all, look at the language. Like, I cannot read a thing. We are definitely in Chinatown. And, uh, and you could really tell you were in Chinatown when you drove past some windows and there were some uh, dead chickens just hanging from it. You know, I'm like, I don't see that in Chesterton. <laughs> hey, look at Joe's. Joe's Shanghai. I didn't even see that. That's cool. That's English. <laughs> or can I speak Chinese? I never knew. I definitely can't. Anyways, you know, but what's crazy about New York is that it, it's just not Chinatown that's there. There's Little Italy. You know that? Little Italy. There's also Puerto Rican town, Jamaican town. Come on. I don't think there's White Town, bro, but thanks for asking. But what's crazy about that, Cox, I'm glad you bring that up, is that the reason there's so many different areas is because from overseas, you had some Chinese people that actually came over to New York. You had some Jamaicans that came over to New York. You had some Hispanics that came over to New York, some Puerto Ricans that came over to New York. And what they did is when they came, they didn't just come and adapt or adapt to the culture they brought their culture with them so as china came over some some chinese people they actually said hey we're bringing our language with us we're bringing what we wear with us we're bringing what we eat with us 
We're bringing our culture with us because the culture isn't the location. The culture is the people. And the people went to New York to make a difference and say, hey, what we love so much overseas, we're going to put that right here. And people are going to be able to tell when they drive through. And the thing about that is that it wasn't just one Chinese guy. One Chinese guy couldn't do that. It wasn't just one Puerto Rican. It wasn't just one Jamaican. It took a number of people to say, we're leaving our homeland and we're going to a new place and bringing our culture so people there wouldn't even have to go to where we're from to see what it's like. They could step foot in New York City, be thousands of miles away from Jamaica, but feel like they're in Jamaica. They could be thousands of miles away from China, but feel like they are in China. And the same thing is crazy about the kingdom of God. Is that Jesus himself, the son of God that came from heaven to earth, he didn't even do it himself. (gasps) Blasphemy. It's true. He got 12 disciples, right? He got 12 guys with him. And he said, this is what I'm going to do for three years. I'm going to speak into your life and teach you about the kingdom of God so you can go and pioneer the kingdom and you can bring the culture of heaven right here to earth. It takes a group to pioneer to make a difference. And as I look out into this room, I wonder if there's some pioneers in this room. Some pioneers not for our kingdom, some pioneers not for our culture, but some pioneers for his kingdom, for his culture, for his love, and for his glory. Now, we say the word glory often, but actually in the, in the Hebrew, that word is kabod. Say kabod. All right, you guys are learning some Hebrew tonight. You guys are geniuses. Now, what do you guys think glory means? Because for me, like Pastor Scott loves that word. And when I think glory, I, for some reason, I think light, you know, like the glory of God shines. So it's a bright light. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what I think, Dom. I see you laughing at me. That's just what I thought. That was a bright light. I'm like, show us your glory. Don't sing anymore, Joe. (laughs) But glory actually means weight. It actually means an imprint. And what God is telling us is that every step we take, we should actually be leaving traces of his kingdom and imprints on the ground. See, when I was younger, my dad had a, a snowmobile. I don't have a snowmobile anymore. I wish I did. But we, we had money when we were younger. And listen, if you don't have a snowmobile and you don't have any money, you just got to find a friend that does, right? Hang out with the South. They got snowmobiles. That's what I do now. <laughs> but we would, uh, we'd go snowmobiling. My dad was much older and I was little, but I was fat, you know. So we would uh, be going snowmobiling. And, and we'd get off at some place where the snow was pretty deep. And I mean, you remember when you're younger and you got like the big old snow pants on the snowsuit and it's like walking like this, like, you know, some of you are blank staring at me. You know, you look like a fool too. Uh, You, you weren't even chubby and you look chubby wearing them snow pants. I remember my dad getting off. And so what I would do because he could walk so easily through the snow and I couldn't because it was like dragging all the snow and trying to get my chubby legs, you know, like over the snow and stuff, is that all the different footprints that he made, I would actually put my feet in those feet prints, and it made it that much easier to actually walk through the snow. 
Now what God is telling you and I to do is we say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done, is he said, you're actually called to go off and make these footprints everywhere you step so those behind you that you are pioneering can actually step in those footprints because they don't know how to take the steps without you leaving the imprints. Would you leave the glory of God everywhere you walk? Traces of the kingdom everywhere you walk. Would you do that? Would I do that? So what is that? What, what are the, the imprints of glory? What is the culture of God look like? The kingdom of God? What's a principle of it? I'm so glad that you asked. I'm going to tell you right now. A principle. What's a principle? Like a core value. Something that is so important that it is what the kingdom is based off of. It's built on that. It's the building blocks. And so if we look at Matthew, somebody asked Jesus this. He actually was asking another question, but Jesus said, this is the most important thing, okay? And this, this is kingdom culture right here. It says, you should love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like him. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Would you guys agree with me that something that we are missing in our culture today is love? That when you turn on the news, we're just constantly talking about we're about to go to war with a little dude who's got an ego, you know? Like, we're talking about different countries that just have beef with us. We're talking about our president and the way that he tweets and the things that he tweets. We're talking about all these things. Like, have you ever really watched the news and saw an amazing, inspiring story? Most of the time, it's garbage, garbage, garbage. You know why? Because it's the world's culture. See, the world's culture, Kara, isn't like the kingdom culture. You and I, every step we make should be a step of love. But we're fighting a culture that's actually anti-love. We're coming against a culture that's just pure selfishness. That's all about itself. You know what's hard about being a pioneer? Is they're the ones that go first. They're the ones that have to blaze the trails. They're the ones that get shot in the back by arrows. They're the ones that when they're hungry, they see a berry and they're like, I hope it doesn't kill me and they have to eat it. Pioneering isn't easy. Pioneering is some, it, it's just not some lingo that we say nowadays because it's cool. Pioneering takes work. It takes grit. It takes heart. It takes determination. And that's why Jesus said, listen, if you want my kingdom to come, you got to pioneer because this is what's going to happen. People are going to hate you. He said this. He said, if they hate me, believe they will hate you. Christianity isn't this beautiful thing that people are like, oh my gosh, you're a Christian. That's amazing. They're going to hate you. They're going to despise you. They're going to talk crap about you. But when that happens, do you keep walking in love? Or do you stop? Man, it's too hard. I'm losing my friends. I'm losing my family. I'm losing those closest to me. It's so much easier instead of blazing a trail where no one is gone to just follow everyone else. 
but I'll still say I'm a Christian. I'll put the label on. God's looking for some pioneers. God's looking for those who aren't afraid to take a step, to make some noise, to disrupt the establishment. And that's what we're doing at Road to Life. That's what we're doing at the Avenue. That's what we're doing at Kid Town. We don't do church the way people used to do church because you know what? It doesn't work anymore. People go to a church and they fall asleep. My God, I go to a church and I jump up and down higher than when I'm at a concert. That's the new culture. I don't think Jesus was falling asleep when he spent time with God because it was so intimate and so amazing in this love that he felt where there was such a connection. We're called a pioneer. So my question for you is are you walking kingdom principles? Are you walking out that principle, that core value of love? Because a lot of us, don't we want our friends to get saved? Like we do. We want our family to come to know Christ. But the problem is, is that we're really not walking out core principles, core values, kingdom culture. Instead, we're just blending in. Imagine what it would look like if tomorrow you went into your school, no matter how bad someone offended you and you loved them. Imagine tomorrow that no matter how your parents treat you tonight, tomorrow you forgave them. Imagine tomorrow that the teacher you can't stand and you believe that, that you got the answers right on the test and she hates you, so she marked them wrong. You actually smiled at her and exercised a little bit of love. So this is what I want to do. I believe that there are people in here, I don't believe it's everybody, and that's just me being honest, because Christianity isn't for everybody, you know? It's just not. Jesus is for everybody, but Christianity, it isn't, because it's hard. It's hard. It's hard work. It's pioneering. But for those of you that really want to pioneer, you, those of you that say, I want to see his kingdom come. I want to see love take over. I want to see a love revolution. I want to see a difference in my home, in my school, on my football team. The difference that I want to see and I want to be part of. I'm going to give you guys a challenge right now. Y'all should stop clapping. I'm about to put you to work. This is what you guys need to do tomorrow. I said, Kyle, what if you and I woke up and we said, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. That's my challenge for you tomorrow. That's my challenge for you, Amber, Birdo, Mark, Lauren, Kevin, Chase, Seth. That's my challenge for you guys. Tomorrow, if you're serious about this and you just didn't come to hear Joe speak, but you want to make a difference because, man, if you just come to hear me speak, like, don't do that because I'm not that great of a speaker come here to be changed and transformed but to be changed and transformed you have to move so tomorrow when you wake up I want you guys to say God your kingdom come your will be done as you go to get on the bus God your kingdom come your will be done take that step as you go into that classroom God your kingdom come your will be done as you go back into your home after school God your kingdom come your will be done as you go into work, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. 
Everywhere you go where you're going to get opposition, you say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. That's your simple prayer, all right? But guess what? I really believe this. I don't think this is actually a verse in the Bible. I think I just made it up. But prayer, <laughs> prayer without action is meaningless. If you pray something, God, your kingdom come, your will be done, but you don't walk out love, that prayer is garbage. Because here's the thing, prayers aren't some magical fairy dust that like you experience at the magic kingdom. You don't just pray and all of a sudden the kingdom of God is going to take over Chester in high school or Valpo or wherever you go to school or your workplace or your home. It starts with you. Just like the, the Chinaman that had to move to New York City. The Jamaicans that had to move to New York City. They had to move to get somewhere to bring the culture of God. Tomorrow you guys have to move to get somewhere to bring the culture of God. So tomorrow... As you say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. This is what you do. This is what I want you actually to do. Look to your left and to your right right now. Yep, you two down. Now, down was looking forward. He's like, do I do that? You do. You can look behind yourselves also. Look, go ahead, look behind yourselves. People all around you, right? People all around you. Most likely Christians. So this is what I want you to do. The person that goes to your school right now, the person that you work with right now, the person, maybe your best friend, the person you're closest with right now, I want you to look at them and say, will you bring the kingdom of God with me? Go ahead, ask them. Every, yes, they all need to be talking to somebody. Did they say yeah? Well, if they said no, you better find someone else. You better convince them, hey, will you bring the kingdom of God with me? Because we're not called to do it alone. We're called to do this together. We're called to pioneer together. We're called to make a difference together. We are better together in the body of Christ, in the local church, in this student ministry. So, tomorrow, you're going to pray, God, your kingdom come. And you're going to say, how can I love someone today? And the person you just talked to, you guys are going to tag team and do it together. You guys are going to love someone tomorrow. Someone that might despise you. Someone that talks garbage about you. Someone that you can't stand. Listen, you might sit by the loner on the bus. You might sit by the loner at the lunch table. You might actually see someone that you know is struggling financially. So you're going to go out and you're going to buy them some new shoes. Come on, somebody. We got enough pair of shoes, don't we? What about that person that doesn't have a jacket? Could you, would you give them the jacket off your back? And when they say, why are you giving this? Be like, because I just love you, bro. It doesn't make sense. It's just love. It's what Jesus told me to do. I want you to think about that. As you're praying, God, your kingdom come, I want you to think about what specifically will you do, Mackenzie? What specifically will you do? Awesome. I know one thing you already did cut all your hair off to show your love to your little sister because she had to shave all her hair off that's love that's love when everyone else would say why would she do that why is she going bald does she think that's stylish you're saying no that's because I love her that's taking a step in the kingdom of God Friday night Kelly Leon posted a, a picture of the Av students some of you guys at the Chesterton football game cleaning up afterwards 
And she's like, all thanks to Joe and Chrissy. And Chrissy like read it to me when we were driving. I said, I had nothing to do with that. That's the love of Christ. That has nothing to do with Joe Angelo. That's a group taking a step together in love. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I did say that if you try this tomorrow, if you try this Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, you try this for the rest of your life to bring the kingdom culture, you're going to get arrows in your back because people do not like that. So you guys need some encouragement as you try to make a difference in your school. You need some encouragement as you try to make a difference in your home, in your workplace. So this is what I want you guys to do, all right? I'm going to have you guys go ahead and you are going to actually... Uh, Write this scripture out, put it on your phone. You're gonna take a picture of the screen. You're gonna, you're gonna do something. You're gonna set it as your wallpaper. But this scripture right here is going to protect you as you try to bring love to a broken world. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 13, four. A lot of people use this as like a verse when you get married, but man, it's so beyond that. Because when people are hating on you, you remember, all right, I'm taking a step in love and love is patient. Man, I really want to hit this person back, but love is kind. Man, I really want to buy those shoes for me, but I know to love, I need to give that to someone else. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. We will not be selfish, but we will be selfless people. It is not irritable or resentful. Some of y'all need to forgive somebody to your left or right tonight because love does not hold a grudge. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Some of you need to stop celebrating when someone else fails. But rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. I'm telling you what, no matter how many arrows you get in your back, you walk out in love, you can't fail. You cannot fail in love because Jesus took love all the way to the cross. And when he opened his arms up like this, he said, I loved you and took his last breath and died. He poured out a love that this world has never seen before. And now today, 2,000 years later, we're still talking about it. And we get to be part of it. Last thing I want to lead you guys with as we go into worship is this. You guys are useless in heaven. You know that? Natasha, you are absolutely useless in heaven. Your purpose, teenager, your purpose, adults, your purpose, Natasha, is right here on earth. Because when you get to heaven, Cade, you cannot lead anyone to Jesus. When you get to heaven, you cannot love anyone to heaven. When you get to heaven, you cannot forgive anyone because you've already forgiven everyone. The only difference you'll make is right here, right now. And I want to make a difference so when I get to heaven, I see so many people that would not have been there unless I took a step in love. Everybody stand up tonight. I'm going to pray for you guys. And if you want to take a step in love, to exercise this out, to actually walk it, to see, to literally have the, the weight of the kingdom. Every step you take, leave an imprint on this world. No one looking around. I want you to raise your hand up because this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are ready to pioneer, ready to make a difference. If you're saying, man, I'm, tomorrow I'm going to go to school and I want to love someone like Jesus, just raise your hand in here. And 
God, every hand that is up right now, I pray, God, that as they go into their schools tomorrow, into their homes, into their workplace, God, Lord, that they would walk out your love, that they would wake up in the morning and say, your kingdom come. That, God, as they go and they see that person that offends them, that hurts them, they would love them, God. They would think, how can I show them love? How can I show them love? How can I show them love? Let love be on the forefront of our mind that we can now walk this week, this month, this year without thinking. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Convict us when we don't love. Convict us when we're lazy of not loving. Convict us when we settle because we will not be settlers. We will be pioneers. And we will make a difference in someone's life and for your kingdom.